you can turn to Matthew chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, it's printed in your order of worship. You can follow along there. Um, and if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, there are Bibles in the foyer. Feel free to grab one after the service and keep it. Um, we're going to continue our, our series on the book of Matthew. And if you remember last week, we looked at the passage where Jesus said to his disciples, he said, come, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. And one of the primary reasons he does that, I mentioned this last week, is because he was battling with this alternative message from the religious leaders of the day. Uh, where they were giving the people rules upon rules upon rules upon rules on top of God's commands. And it was burdening the people. Um, I mean, people, they, they couldn't keep God's commands perfectly, let alone all of the extra rules that the Pharisees and the re religious leaders had given them. And they were weighed down and weary by it. And Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me. Because I'm the only one that can really save you. Not, you know, doing your best to follow all the rules and following them perfectly. Only I can do that. So Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. And then this passage that we're looking at immediately after that, the first 14 verses of chapter 12, are um, Jesus kind of interacting. Well, not kind of. He's interacting with the Pharisees who are confronting them, confronting him. And, uh, and you kind of see the difference between Jesus and the Pharisees. And it's all, their, their conflict here is all about a command from God that has very much to do with rest. It has to do with the Sabbath. So listen to God's word as I read from Matthew 12, verses 1 to 14. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored. Healthy, like the others, like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us. Um, that you would speak to each and every person in here now through your word, by your spirit. We know that you are here. We pray that you would unblock our ears and our minds, that you would soften our hearts and help us to hear what you want to say to us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, well, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but like 15 years ago, Kim and I bought a treadmill. You might say, why is that embarrassing? I mean, we had the, the greatest in of intentions, and you know, we wanted, to, we wanted to exercise, we wanted to stay in shape. You know, when it's cold out or rainy, we wanted to be able to run or walk and, and, uh, and just, you know, take care of our bodies. And, and uh, so we, we like went all out. We got a really nice one. We got one that like inclined by itself and you could program it. And it even had like these fans that blew on you and it was nice. And, and so we got it, we, we set it up. And for the first month, we, we, you know, we were pretty good about using it for the first month. And that's why I'm embarrassed to tell you this because after the first month or so, you know, I got kind of, I, I just was like, I, I'm just not in the mood to get on that thing today. And then, you know, I, I got home one day and I like, I like took my shirt off and I like hung it on that thing, you know? <laughs> and then we hung more things on the treadmill and it just became this kind of hanger for shirts and stuff like that. And then like we moved to a new house, we put it in the basement and we were like, maybe we'll use it down there. But then, then it just became this receptacle for like pillows and blankets, and it was just like stacked with pillows and blankets, and we never, never used it. Finally, like six months ago, I don't know, maybe it was less than that, we, we like put it on Craigslist and got rid of it and just gave it away to somebody who was willing to come and take it away. And that's why I'm embarrassed. You know, we, we banded up, we, we got this thing with, with all this intention to use it. It was, it was something that was gonna be for our good, and we ended up just kind of like using it for all sorts of things that it wasn't meant to be used for. It just became like crammed and filled with stuff that it wasn't meant for, right? And I think there is somewhat of a parallel for us when it comes to the Sabbath, okay? And now you might even be saying, what does that word mean? What is this Sabbath you speak of? Um, well, the Sabbath is uh, a word that comes from the Hebrew, which means stop or rest. And um, if you're familiar with the Ten Commandments that God gave his people, you know, these Ten Commandments that God gives to, to all people to kind of summarize what does it look like to live a moral life. The Sabbath command is the fourth one. In Exodus, when God gives uh, Moses the Ten Commandments, the, uh, he, he tells the, the fourth commandment is, is honor the Sabbath and keep it holy why does he tell him to keep the Sabbath day holy? It's the, it's the seventh day of the week. because He says, because God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And so he was telling the Israelites, in order to remind yourselves that you're made in God's image, that you're made to reflect who God is, and you're made to live in a way like God lives, you should pattern your life the way he patterned creation. You should work six days, and then you should stop and rest on the seventh day. And then the, the Ten Commandments are, are restated again in Deuteronomy chapter five, and, and God gives another reason for the people to obey the Sabbath, to stop working and to rest. He says, uh, you know, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy because you are slaves in Egypt and I rescued you by my mighty arm. I worked for you. So you should honor the Sabbath. You should stop working on one day every seven to remind yourselves of what I have done for you, of the fact that I work for you, that your life doesn't depend on you. It depends on me. And so it's, it's one of the Ten Commandments. And um, so I would say that, you know, it still is one of the Ten Commandments. And yet so many of us don't even think about the Sabbath. We don't even think about how, does, how, how should I be you know, 
listening to this command. Um, in, the New Testament, in the New Testament, the observance of the Sabbath shifted from the seventh day of the week to the first day of the week. The early church started celebrating the Sabbath on the first day of the week because Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And so that's why they began to meet together and to celebrate together what Jesus had done in conquering death and all that he had done for them. Um, but for us, I think, the Sabbath, whether we, we look at it as the seventh day of the week or the first day of the week or just one day in seven, it, it really, uh, we don't even think about it. Most of us don't even think about it. We don't pay much attention to it. It just becomes, back to the analogy with the treadmill, why did I start with that? It becomes a day that is just kind of crammed full of all sorts of other things that it's not really necessarily meant for. You know, we, we cram in, like, work that we didn't get a, have a chance to get done for the rest of the week. Whether it's work with our job or just work around the house or whatever. Or we, we cram in, you know, all sorts of activities that we don't have time for the rest of the week. How many of us are actually stopping and resting and thinking about how God wants us to live out this one day in seven? Does this really apply to us? And I think as you read this passage, as Jesus interacts with the Pharisees about the Sabbath, we learn three things that the Sabbath is for. What is the Sabbath for? What is it for? Well, the first thing I want to point out is that the Sabbath is for obedience. The Sabbath is for obedience. As Jesus challenges the Pharisees about their judgmentalism and their self-righteousness, right? I want to point out one thing. I want to point out what, what, what Jesus does not say here, okay? Jesus does not say, guys, the Sabbath is old news. It was something that, the, that God told the Israelites to do in the Old Testament, but now it doesn't apply anymore. You don't have to worry about the Sabbath anymore. You know, he challenges them for their kind of hypercritical, like, judge, judgment for his disciples and, and everything like that, but, but he doesn't say the Sabbath doesn't matter, right? In fact, in verse 8, he says, the Son of Man, he's referring to himself, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath actually applies. It is, it is important. And Jesus himself is the Lord of the Sabbath. He has the right to decide what it is for and how we should live it out, how we should obey it. And so just in a very basic way, what I want to encourage us to think about is this simple thing. Am, am I actually seeking to um, obey Jesus in light of this command? Am I doing something to set apart one day in seven, to make it different, to try to rest from the regular work of life? Am I doing something or am I ignoring it completely? Is there, is there some point of obedience that I, can, that I can pursue in light of God's command to take one day in seven and stop and rest? As I said before, most of us don't even think about keeping the Sabbath holy. You know, we, we know the commands, you know, do not murder, do not lie, do not steal, do not commit adultery. You know, we, we have some sense of whether we're like doing those or not, whether we're failing at those or not. But, but how many of us are even thinking about how much, how, how we're failing at living out the Sabbath command? <laughs> do any of us think about that? Do any of us, you know, we're so quick to judge other people. Do any of us like talk to somebody about what they did on the weekend and we're like, oh, he's such a Sabbath breaker. And when was the last time, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you should judge others for that, but when was the last time you even thought about that, right? 
when was the last time we even thought about the fact that like God gives the commands, this is, this is God's summary, the Ten Commandments, of what it means to actually live a good life. As I think about being a good person, trying to be a better person, how many of us think about the fact that being a better person involves actually stopping one day during the week and making that day different and honoring God with that day and the way that I use it, okay? I mean, at the most, I think we, we are probably are more, more t- tend to, to judge people for actually observing the Sabbath, right? I mean, Chick-fil-A has a lot of nerve <laughs> from denying me my chicken on Sundays. <laughs> but as Christians, as God's people, the Sabbath is still something that should mark us as different from the rest of the world. As I mentioned before, the primary command of the Sabbath is to stop and rest one day in every seven and to do this to remind ourselves of our dependence on God, to remind ourselves of his call upon us to actually live and reflect him in the way that I live. It's a reminder of what God has done for me, that my life doesn't depend on me, but it depends on him, you know? And so... I don't want to stand here and give you a list of things that you need to do to observe the Sabbath. I mean, that's what the Pharisees did. But what I want to challenge you to do is to talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, how do you want me to maybe make this day different so that I'm acknowledging you, so that I'm honoring you, so that I'm resting in you, okay? Um, So the Sabbath is for obedience. Secondly, the Sabbath Sabbath is for mercy, it's for mercy. In verse 7, Jesus quotes this verse from Hosea. If you remember, he quoted this verse a couple chapters ago, and he quotes it again. Um, he says, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Why does he make reference to that verse? That's a verse from Hosea, Hosea chapter 6, if you remember. Um, and in Hosea, in the Old Testament, God's prophet Hosea is rebuking the people because they have reduced their, their religion, they have reduced their relationship to, with God to a, a, a list of, of kind of mechanical rituals. That as long as they have been observing all the sacrifices that God has told them to, to observe, they felt like they were doing what they needed to do spiritually. But the reality was, is that their lives were completely devoid of love. Their lives were empty of love for God and love for other people. Their, their lack of love for God was reflected in the fact that they weren't loving other people. And they weren't showing mercy to other people. And so Hosea rebukes the people, and he, and he says, this is what God says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Yes, I, I've given you sacrifices to obey and, and, and a way to worship, but, but if you're not loving me, and if you're not loving people and, and caring about people, then, I mean, that is the whole point of God's law. The whole point of God's law is love. Do you realize this? You know, when Jesus says all of God's commandments are summed up in this, love God and love others, right? The two greatest commandments. And so what the problem with the Pharisees was is that they, they were like hyper-focused on the law and all these rules they, they had like formed to, to help them keep the law. And they were looking at the law as something that, that they did as an end in and of, its, of, of itself. But the reality is, is that God says, the reason I give you the law is to help you love people. 
And so they were like saying, when it came to the Sabbath, they were like looking at Jesus' disciples who were hungry. And they're like, oh man, look what they're doing. They're, they're picking grain and rubbing it between their fingers so that they get the, could get the edible stuff. And that's work. They're breaking the Sabbath. And yet they, they weren't caring at all about the disciples and their hunger. And then they bring this guy who's got a withered hand and they put him before Jesus, looking for a way to trap Jesus, looking for a way to accuse Jesus because all they cared about was the law. They didn't care about this guy, right? And this is Jesus' whole point. The, the purpose of the law is to help you love, to help you show mercy. And so this is one of the reasons for the Sabbath. He says, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. One of the reasons we stop and take a break from the rest of the, the rhythm of life on Sundays is, is so that we have time, we have extra time to love people. So that you might have extra time to be hospitable and invite people over or to, or to visit somebody or to spend time just talking with somebody, listening to them. So that you have extra time maybe to, to make somebody a meal. It, it, it gives us extra space in our lives. Not that we're called to do that the rest of the week, but, but when we stop doing all the other stuff that we have to do, we have space, we have time. It gives us more time to actually do things in order to love people, to, to maybe help somebody and serve them. This is one of the purposes of the Sabbath. It's, it's to give us an extra opportunity in our week to love other people. And so the Sabbath is for mercy. That's what Jesus says. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath, to care for people, to use that day to love people. And lastly, the Sabbath is for celebrating. When you look at the end of the passage, what happens? You see the Pharisees in verse 14. It says, the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. The Pharisees have missed the whole point of this whole interaction <laughs> As they have originally come to, to, to condemn Jesus for letting his disciples pick grain, and as they come to trap Jesus for trying to, to heal this guy, um, the entire time Jesus is trying to show them himself. He's trying to show them more of himself. He's trying to, to open their eyes to see who he is. And they miss it completely. And instead of, instead of seeing what they have right in front of them, they decide, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. We got to destroy him. But instead, the entire time, Jesus was inviting them to celebrate him. Do you see this? I mean, look at, at what, the, what, what does he first, how, what does he, how does he first respond when they're criticizing him for letting the disciples pick grain? He reminds them of this Old Testament passage about David. Now, who is David? David was the king of Israel, the ultimate king, the greatest king Israel had ever known. The, the king that, that was on a pedestal that everybody looked up to because he was strong and he conquered all of Israel's enemies and he ruled with peace. He was the greatest king Israel had ever known. And Jesus reminded the Pharisees about this story, about, this, about King David. What happened when King David, early on, he was on the run from Saul. Saul wanted to kill him when Saul was king, before David was. Saul wanted to kill David, and David was on the run, and he, and he went to this, this temple, and, and, uh, and, and the, the Pharisees, and, well, not the Pharisees, the priests there, David and his men were hungry, and the priests decided to give him the bread that only the priests were normally allowed to eat. So they violated the law of God. Why did they do that? They did that out of love, to care for David in the midst of his hunger. 
And, and so one of the things Jesus is saying, yeah, again, the, the Sabbath is for loving. You know, God's law is for love. But what he is also doing here when he reminds them, when he uses this story about David, is he's inviting them to see that Jesus, he's comparing himself with King David. You realize this, right? Jesus is, is pointing out, he's, he's pointing out to the Pharisees that someone greater than David is here, standing, in, standing before them. A king who is stronger, a king who is wiser, a king who is more perfect than David was, is standing before them. He was inviting them to see him. What they should have been doing is falling down before him in surrender and joy. And yet, what they wanted to do was destroy him. And then he goes on with this other passage. And, and they didn't have any problem with that, that, that Old Testament passage where J David eats the bread of the presence, right? And then Jesus goes on to talk about this other passage from the Old Testament, this other you know, um, law from the Old Testament where on the Sabbath, the priests had, had duties in the temple. They had to work in the temple. So everybody else was supposed to stop working, but the priests had to keep working. But that was part of the law of God. God allowed that because the temple was so important. You know what the temple was? The temple was the symbol of God's presence with his people, right? And so it was so important that they had to have a group of people that were committed to caring for the temple and, and carrying out all of, the, all of the religious sacrifices and rites in the temple to remind them of God's presence with them, to remind them of God's favor for them. And then Jesus says again in verse 6, I tell you, Something greater than the temple is here. Jesus is saying, you know, the temple, yeah, the temple was the symbol of God's presence. Guys, I am God's presence. You want to know God's presence? It's right here. It's right here. Again, you should be celebrating. You should be running towards me to hug me. Because God is here with you now. And yet they would rather destroy him. And then lastly, they, they, they bring this man with the withered hand before him. And can, can, can think about how cruel this is. In, in the, um, with the, the Pharisees, all, all their, their laws and regulations, they allowed, they allowed you to, if somebody's life was in danger, you could actually expend some energy to try to save that person's life. But if their life wasn't in danger and they were merely sick or, or suffering in some way that wasn't going to you know, end with them losing their life, you had to wait. How cruel and insensitive is that? You know, I, I could help you. You know, this, this person is just lying there, bleeding. I could help you, but I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow. You're just going to have to endure it for another 24 hours. How brutal is that? And Jesus points out, listen, if you had a sheep that fell in, in, into a ditch, you would, you would pull it out, right? You would pull it out. And how much more valuable, valuable is a person than a sheep? Jesus is eager. He doesn't, he doesn't wait. He's like, I'm not going to wait till tomorrow to heal this guy. He can't wait to heal this guy. He says to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored. Jesus was eager to restore this man, to bring him to health to pour out his power upon this man, to change his life. He didn't want to wait. This is who Jesus is. He is the king that is greater than David. He is the, he is the one who, who, who brings the presence of God to us in the way that the temple never could. And he's the one who is eager to heal. 
He's eager to heal you. He's eager to restore you. He is so eager to do it. He is so eager to, to heal the man that he doesn't care about the consequences. You know, I think Jesus is aware that his actions here are going to invite the uh, Pharisees to, to start planning to destroy him. But Jesus is so eager to bring restoration and healing that he's willing to do it, no matter what it's going to cost him. And, and that pattern continues up until he dies on the cross. You know, he, he suffers destruction, in a sense, on the cross. He dies on the cross to pay for your sin that you might be healed. He died on the cross in order to bring God's presence to you so that you could experience God's presence on a daily basis, so that you could know that God is with you and that he loves you. These are the things that we should celebrate on the Sabbath. These are the things. I mean, we should be celebrating all week long, but this is what God wants us to do, is to take one day where we actually you know, make that day different, where we, we make that day a celebration of what Jesus is, who he is, what he has done. That he is, the fact that he has made me whole through his sacrifice, through his death, and through his resurrection. The Sabbath is for celebrating. It's for celebrating. And, and so I, I would encourage us to think about, again, I'm not going to give us much rules that we need to do, but think about what are some ways that you can take, you know, take your Sunday, or maybe it's another day. You, can't, you have to work on Sundays maybe, but, but you, you take one day out of every seven, and you say, I'm going to make this day special. I'm going to make this day. I'm going to celebrate this day. I mean, one way that we, we naturally do that as a, as a community of, of people who believe in Jesus is we come together, Right? That's why we are here. We are here not just to tick, you know, something else off the religious ritual box, right? We are here to celebrate. We are here to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive, the fact that Jesus brings healing to my life, the fact that Jesus is my king who brings joy. We are here to celebrate. And so, I mean, one natural thing is that I'm, I'm going to make this a priority. I'm going to make this the priority of my life. You know, I'm going to arrange my schedule during the rest of the week so I can show up on Sunday mornings so that I can celebrate. You know, when, when other things are demanding my time, you know, all sorts of things in our world today, you know, they, we're so busy the rest of the week, the rest of the world says, okay, Sunday morning is the time we got to do this stuff. And so it's so easy to be like, I got to do this other stuff than rather than show, show up at church. But again, we have an opportunity to celebrate together. Why wouldn't we arrange everything else around this? This should be one of the highlights, the highlight of our week, to come together and remind us ourselves of who Jesus is and what he has done and to celebrate. Are there other things that you could do to celebrate this day? You know? um, what do we do when we celebrate somebody? Often, you know, on a birthday, we celebrate somebody. So what do we do? We, we make a cake for them. I, I, I'm in favor of having a cake every Sunday. You laugh, but that's not a bad idea. If you have kids, you know, like, let's make this day a day where it's not like a drudgery, but a day of celebration, right? The Sabbath is for celebrating. So I, I think this passage urges us to think about how we can obey Jesus, how we can set apart one day out of the week how we can celebrate Jesus, how we can use this day to, to love people in a way that we don't have time to love people during the rest of the week.
And I realize this is, this is a, um, a challenge for us, right? Um, I, I, when I, I, I get ready to, to, to do a message on the Sabbath, I'm always like, oh man, nobody's going to want to listen to that because, you know, we, we're all just like, we got our, our schedules and our plans and, you know, we need, we need the sun, our Sunday to do other stuff, right? But I, I, I challenge you because this is the thing. God's law is given to us for our good. In, in the book of Mark, when Jesus is talking to the, the Pharisees about the Sabbath, he says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath, if we will, will just seek to try to obey Jesus and we seek to try to make this day special and use it for what it's meant for, we will actually benefit. It will bless us. It will grow us. It will make us more healthy people. As we observe the Sabbath, one more thing that, that I, I, I want to point out that it does for us, it, it, it reminds us of what awaits us um, as we think about obeying it. In, in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about how um, the, the writer of Hebrews is, is challenging the people to, to, to enter into the rest of God. And he says, you know, um, there's a Sabbath rest awaiting the people of God, and he's talking about eternity. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about the new heavens and the new earth that awaits us all. This time when Jesus will return and all things will be made right and there will be no more suffering. There will be no more sin. We will be all made perfect and we will, we will experience the presence of God in a way that we, we can't even imagine right now. And we will have joy that we can't even imagine right now. One of the things that the Sabbath does as we, as we observe the Sabbath is, is it it helps us to look forward to that day. It's, it's a reminder. It points us forward to the day when we will have rest in the presence of God that we can't even fathom. In, in that sense, the Sabbath is meant to act like a, like a preview, like a movie trailer. I love movie previews. I always get so annoyed with my family when they're like, you know, when it, we might be a few minutes late for you know, like the beginning of the movie because I hate to miss the previews. I love the previews. Sometimes I, I like the previews better than the movies themselves. I could just watch the previews and then go home. But like a really good preview really makes you be like, oh, I cannot wait to see that. I cannot wait to see that. I don't know how many of you guys will be able to relate, but um, back in the 80s, you remember the, those of you guys who were like young in the 80s, you remember the movie Top Gun? That was like, when I was, when I was a teenager, I watched Top Gun, that was, like, that was like the best movie. It was so awesome, you know, with Tom Cruise, fighter pilots. It was like, it was the best. Love that movie. And then, uh, I don't know how many of you guys know that there's, there's now a sequel to the, to the Top Gun movie that is coming out. It was supposed to come out like last year, but it keeps getting delayed because of COVID and everything. And, or maybe it's just bad and they just keep putting it off. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it might be bad, but the trailer I saw... It's like, that looks like the greatest movie ever. You know, because I have these fond memories of how great it was back then. I was like, oh, like it, lo it looks like all the best moments from the old Top Gun and even more so. I just can't wait to see this thing. And see, that, that's what, when, when God says to ob obey the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath, one of the things we have an opportunity to do on a weekly basis, basis is to create for ourselves a preview for heaven. What are some things that I can do to remind myself of the fullness of the rest that God wants to give me? 
of healing that God wants to give me, of mercy that God has poured out upon me as I pour it out upon other people, of the joy, the, the, the celebration that awaits us all. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us um, as we think about this command. Um, help us to see that, that it's for our good. Help us to think about